Welcome, everybody. This is Bamboo Weekly, episode 161. Uh, it is now 8th of April. Uh, we're doing actually this recording in uh, two different pieces because uh, Waldek uh, has a family thing to attend on Monday, which is to be our recording time. So we're doing the articles on Friday and then the interview on Monday and then release on Tuesday, like we typically do. But in the BMP Weekly, we talk about the latest in Microsoft 365 platform, focusing on the platform, but of course, a bit more broader than that, because knowing the platform and being able to build stuff, you actually need, it's good to understand the other areas as well. My name is Asu Yuvanen. I'm a program manager in the Microsoft 365 platform and ecosystem areas, uh, um, focusing on community and open source and all of that. I'm trying to figure out what I actually do. Yes, this are. is hard. What am I doing? Who am <laughs> I? <laughs> it's Friday. Who am I? I haven't. <laughs> And uh, with me as a co-host is... Da -da 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 -da. Hey, everybody. My name is Valdek Mastigarsen. I'm Cloud Developer Advocate for Microsoft 365 at Microsoft. Excellent. So this time we wanted to actually um, uh, re-invite uh, one of our uh, friends uh, in the call to talk about his uh, updates uh, on his career and focus on the community side as well. So David Warner uh, joined pretty recently. Uh, uh, on the Power Platform community team. We're going to talk about that. Uh, and then also focusing on our Microsoft 365 Platform community batch, uh, batching process, batch, batching, batching, acknowledgement uh, model, and how, we can, how we're sharing uh, batches uh, on the different uh, models and, and how people can actually achieve those batches and get recognized by, uh, by the community uh, for their efforts. But let's actually, if we further further ado is that a without saying? further I, without ado. the further ado and make i'm trying to figure out what that, that that actually means i know that it's a saying but anyway it doesn't mean anything <laughs> english is interesting hmm. anyway let's jump on the interview with david and then we do the because, because a donkey bridge is so logical right yeah, the donkey bridge is so a donkey bridge is the same as segway in dutch and in finnish so which is Still, I don't understand how that's possible. But anyway, let's jump on the interview and come back on the articles right after that. So welcome, David Warner. Uh, as a Microsoft employee to the BMP Weekly, episode 161. Uh, uh, unfortunately, Waldek uh, cannot make this interview. Um, he has though, met you before, right? So it's not a, that Once big. Or twice, <laughs> I think we maybe talked <laughs> yes. here and there. Yes. Passing. Totally. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. But now, for those who do not know who you are, so can you talk about a brief, David? Who are you? What are you doing for yeah, absolutely. So my name is David Warner. Uh, I'm a senior program manager or community program manager here in Microsoft. Um, I am on the Power Platform community team. So uh, reporting to Heather Newman on a fantastic team with Kelly Kay, Anna Chu, and Pedro Sacramento. Uh, we're going to be caring for, we care for the community around Power Platform. So Power BI, uh, PBA, Power Automate, Power Apps, D365, uh, and of course, soon to be other technologies as well. So very excited to be on the team. Uh, this is my fourth week that I'm starting, so getting a little bit of air from the water. <laughs> so you're already kind of learn how to swim because quite typically what happens is you get thrown to the lake and it's like, oh, have fun. So you can deal with that. So yeah, exactly. I think I think I figured out how to swim, but just knowing where land is is still kind of part of the problem, <laughs> yes. right? Like, where do True. I go? Uh, more True. more events on my calendar in four weeks than I've ever seen. So just yeah. where you're trying to figure things out is like which ones are must tens, which ones are not, because oftentimes they conflict. So you just got to understand and learn the the landscape awareness, but yep. that comes with time. And then you get triple or quarterly quarter booked on a same time. And it's like, oh, and then as a new employee, of course, it's like, well, you, you want to you wanna make a good impression for everybody. But then it's just realities of life where you need to prioritize um, your time as well. So. Yep, yep. If I bring up two, then the or the uh, conversations gets confused. Or, Who are you talking to, right? <laughs> it's impossible. <laughs> worse would be worse. <laughs> yes. Now, you were MVP uh, before you joined Microsoft uh, for a while. And, and one of the things which we work together, which um, is, is super, super exciting, is it has been the community side of the house. And you've been also leading the, the well, Leading is that the right way of saying that? Coordinating, maybe, is the is the better way of saying that. And the recognition program uh, for for our Microsoft 365 platform community. Can you talk about a bit on on the background of that? Because that's that's really the key topic of the day. So how did we came up with that, and what does it actually mean? 
Yeah, absolutely. So as you mentioned, coordinating with a, a great team, Hugo, Bernier, Emily Mancini, April Dunham, um, so many have been involved now, which is really amazing. But if we kind of look at how it started out, um, when COVID started, we saw a number of community uh, contributors getting some swag from a variety of different places, whether it be product groups or the MVP team or whatever. And we wanted to find a way that we could celebrate and recognize all the amazing work that uh, the community had been doing overall not just with a specific technology um, or, or a specific group, but just everything and anything uh, in terms of contributions, whether it be writing a blog, uh, helping with documentation, writing code, because I think historically that's been the stereotype is to be a contributor, you have to be comfortable with curly braces and write code, which, which as you and I both know, that's completely not true. There are so many wide array of opportunities to contribute um, and, and those all should be celebrated and recognized. So, we thought, well, how could we start recognizing? We kind of initially start with what everyone else did, which was physical swag. Um, yeah, but, the T-shirts and mugs. Yeah. And so, and yeah. Parker pictures are good, but there's a problem with that. So Yes, logistics, right? Ugh. So how are we going to pay for all that stuff? How are we going to get it shipped everywhere when uh, there's, you know, international issues around shipping um, and costs. And and not only that, even if we covered the costs, we thought, well, we don't want someone to get a box of swag. And then all of a sudden, because of customs or importing, exporting issues, go, here's your awesome box of stuff. You owe us money. <laughs> that would be like the worst <laughs> thing ever, right? What's in the box? I don't know. So Yeah, so, yeah exactly. So, the good example of this one, I still remember when I... I got awarded in Microsoft internally in, in 2008, and then, then the, the invitation came to Finland to me uh, through the customs, and then the, the Finnish customs like, yeah, what's in the box? I don't know. It's coming from Microsoft, so what did you bought? Nothing. Yeah, so what's in the box? I don't know. But you need to pay some taxes. And I said, yep, yeah, no idea. And, and that was no. for sure. We don't want to put people in that position where they need to this make the decision that can I actually, should I pay or should I not pay? And then if they pay like whatever amount of money and then they get a cup, yay. So. <laughs> yep, exactly. Oh, yay, a cup. I only had 27 of these already, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so we just started brainstorming around where and what else could we do? Um, and of course, just looking to be eco-friendly, of course, as well. Um, and then, being able to uh, to kind of pivot immediately or award immediately um, with very little time, we started looking at, at digital recognition. And, and really, uh, as we know it right now, the recognition program is powered by Credly, partnering with Credly, which we'll talk about more as we go on here. Um, it's not the first or only, I should say, it's not the only way in which we're wanting to recognize everyone. It's just really the first. And and so there'll be potentially more to come, but we, we started looking, how could we get out of the gate right away in a very impactful way um, and test it and make sure the community actually wants it? Because that's the other thing that we wouldn't want is just to have all this stuff thrown at the community where they maybe are like, yeah, this is great, but no thanks, right? Um, and so then we, uh, we started looking at the variety of ways in which we could do it. Um, and we contacted Credly, and, and myself and Emily were actually part of that team that negotiated with Credly. Um, and it was kind of ironic and funny because uh, Credly, of course, is the company that handles the certifications for, for Microsoft. Uh, and so those badges are all, we already know them well. They're official, they're formal, they're tied back to an actual accreditation process. Uh, you can link this, assign them to LinkedIn. And, and so really it's, it's valuable as we already knew because uh, we really have one of a few kinds of people in the community. And me coming from a consulting background, I, I understood and recognized this. You, you wanna be able to show your influence in the community uh, as an employee, um, as a consultant, that you're valuable. Yep. And so you're either trying to impress your clients or you're trying to impress your manager or as a consultant, you're trying to do both, right? Because you have your clients and your manager um, and, and those kinds of recognitions and badges and all that assist with that, especially if it can be tied back to something formal and official that outlines yep. exactly why you got it. Yep. Uh, and so Credly, of course, being in the business of being in business, making money, um, it was funny when we approached them, we said, we're, we're a community. So, well, you're the first ever community that's ever approached us about taking it to this level of formality. It's actually pretty cool as well. So Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um and and I said, you know, the funny thing is is we're we're 
in a community full of developers. There's no problem for us to assemble everyone and create our own platform. But you already have this figured out. We'd love to partner with you. And it was funny because they said, well, we even have these white papers on um, – you know, on why it's better to to buy than build. And where this is where you should spend your dollars. And I kind of chuckled. I said, that's great if we had dollars, right? <laughs> uh, but we were able to negotiate in a way that uh, that allowed it to work for the community, for Credly, for everyone um, that didn't cost the community anything. Uh, so we started out with just a couple of badges at first, uh, designed them, made sure that they kind of stayed within the design principles of Microsoft um, and and started you know, socializing uh, for the ability to sign up for the community. And then it took off. And now we've got a dozen or so badges and we're continuing to build and the community is loving it. Um, they're being recognized and appreciated, and, which is great. And we're seeing some really heartfelt tweets, posts on LinkedIn about how they feel about receiving them. Yep. And in Twitter and in Facebook even. So which mm -hmm. is really, really cool. So it's, it's, it's for sure. And coming back on the, on the value of what these certifica certifications or acknowledgements actually provide, it's, it's for sure, it's the, for customers and for employers. And, and let's face it, if you're looking into a, going to a new company, um, all of this, that, that the acknowledgements, they do actually matter. And in many cases, companies nowadays actually prefer to have people who are actively involved in the community because with community, you have networking connections and all of that actually is, is really, really beneficial in the normal day-to-day -day business even. So it's it's actually a nice way of kind of a like showing that you're part, actively part of the community by using those, uh, that, that what is the right term? That bad, accurately, Wow, English is, is hard. Yeah, the, 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 the acknowledgement, accreditation. Yeah. No, Jen, English is hard. Wow. Anyway, there's the word for it. I know what you mean. Again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, we worked, <laughs> we worked long enough, so you understand what I actually. Yeah. Think. Uh, and even seeing, to that point, even seeing organizations now putting on, like you said, not only looking for community, but a very specific, right? Like what yep. involvement of PNP search do you have or uh, yep. PNP PowerShell or, or other initiatives within the community that they know are going to empower uh, the community to um, to do work faster, right? Because that's really yes. what our yes. what our initiatives are there for, is to assist yep. the community to do more faster. Yep. Um, and and anybody can say that, right? Anybody can say, oh yeah, I, I've worked on that. And then and, and you you say the right, you know, maybe right things, and and uh, you you know maybe you are working on it. But the recognition program kind of provides that, like you said, that validation that yeah, I, I here I am working on it, and here's proof that I've I've been involved, and and that helps. I know I know a number of managers that take that uh, with a lot of weight. Now, I know the answer, obviously, on this question, but uh, how do we validate? How do we, how does this work? So, so basically, we're talking about an open source and community acknowledgement of contributing somewhere. But is there a validation? Is there, how do we, how, what is the qualification of getting these things? Because um, if it's community, not Microsoft owned, then is it easier to get it or What's the process? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Um, so, uh, of course, we have to validate it in some way, shape, or form, right? Uh, and, and so, obviously, we use, uh, not maybe not obviously, we, obviously to us, we use GitHub for that. Um, yeah. Now, not every every badge is necessarily tied back to a GitHub um, pull request. And if you're not familiar with that, we'll give you an opportunity to become familiar with that in a, in a couple minutes, but um, it, tying it back to the contributions that are done through GitHub. Now, uh, that may sound like, ooh, again, you're saying developer stuff. Not necessarily. Blogs are driven by GitHub. Documentation is driven by GitHub. Um, and so a number of the contributions are, are driven by GitHub. And so when folks from the community register for our recognition program, they give us their GitHub ID and their email address, and then we're able to run scripts. GitHub has an API. Credly has an API. And so we're starting to set up automation right now still as we're kind of, you know, in, in the early years of it, if you will, early stages. Uh, some of it's manual. First decade. Whenever yeah. we get to the second decade of this, then, then the next 10 years, then then it will be fully automatic. So. <laughs> right, exactly. So we're still, it's, you know, but the automation process is there. We can we can get it automated. It's just, but so when folks uh, provide that, um, then we're able to run regular scripts each month and identify when and where they worked on what 
what platforms or what initiatives, um, and and then we're able to send out those badges through Credly. Um, and and in some cases, like for example, it's still manual. Like we just we just created our uh, demo or a presenter community call presenter badge. Um, that's you know a little more manual because that's not tied to anything uh, in GitHub. But we have historical records and lists and stuff like that, so we can still kind of tie it. But yeah, it's it's a pretty easy process, um, and folks only need to register once. Uh, you know, not each year, even though we, we come up with new badges each year, uh, unless they've changed, you know, their ID or something like that, which doesn't happen very often. Now, this is fun that I'm, I'm able to ask these questions from you. So <laughs> now um, putting myself on the audience of the, uh, to the, to the let's say, the, the thinking of mindset of people who might be listening, there's then the question, one of the questions is that, well, I come from a low code, no code. Uh, side of the house. I'm not a developer, um, and and this at at least for now this community seems to be called by Microsoft 365 platform community, and from there we're getting these uh, badges and acknowledgement. Is that really for non-developers as well, uh, or how does this work? Yes, it's for everyone. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, um, and you know, coming from uh, a low-code, no-code perspective, and it, it is funny because. We, even I was just in the Microsoft 365 conference last week, and Hugo and I had a, um, a you know a class on what does no code, low code mean? You know what can it mean? A variety of things, right? We know there's code behind everything, uh, but we also know that maybe starting out with no code is just being able to point and click, or maybe copy and paste, right? You look at list formatting. And you may not be comfortable with writing those list formatting definitions, but we have so many uh, samples that are production worthy that you can start out using immediately. And all you need to do is copy and paste. Um, and so, yeah, the, the contributions can come from any degree of uh, no code, low code, or what we've kind of called more code or mo code, right? <laughs> low code, no code, mo code. I like to write a lot more code, mo code. So um, yeah, there, the opportunity is, is there. And uh, if, if you say, well, I, I have a lot of, solutions or samples that I've created under the low-code, no-code umbrella, but I'm not quite sure how to provide those as a contribution. How would I go about doing that? Um, I'm so glad you asked. And if you call now, <laughs> uh, we have, that's right, exactly. Um, we have the Sharing is Caring initiative, uh, which is is really unlike any other community initiative. And, and I was telling someone this last week in Vegas that that's where it started. I remember sitting next to you um, in a PNP session and you had come off stage, or you said something on stage about, we welcome contributions. We know that there might be some, you know, roadblocks in the way for you to contribute, but all, all contributions are welcome. Um, and that like sparked in my mind, well, what is it that's preventing and people from contributing? And it could be something like, ah, GitHub is really weird. I don't know what fork or blame or raw means, right? I just want to submit samples. Um, and I remember when you came off stage, I said, I got an idea and we knew it wasn't scalable as soon as I told you, but we wanted to know if it would work. And I said, if I tweeted out that I will hand walk anyone in the world through their first contribution, would you support it, right? Uh, because you had a platform at that point that you could help support it. And you said, yes. And so we retweeted, or I tweeted, you retweeted me. And within like hours, I had people DMing me. Um, yeah. and, and I was getting up I don't know, like crazy hours, because I wanted it to be, I wanted it to be easy for those that wanted to contribute, right? So I was getting up at two in the morning for those on the other side of the world, um, and I would actually go search because the easiest contribution was finding uh, a misspelling in documentation because it's really easy, and most people didn't even know that they could help curate documentation, um, and and so I would go find the mistakes and I would bookmark it and save it, hope no one else fixed it, right? <laughs> uh, and then I would walk them through how to fix it. And and after that, they were like, wow, I, I didn't know we could do this. So that's when we kind of started Sharing is Caring. And so little history there as well. Um, sharing is Caring now is a hands-on guidance opportunity. So anyone in the community can join our Sharing is Caring sessions, which have a, a spectrum of topics, right? A wide spectrum of topics. Um, most, the first and probably most popular is your GitHub introductions. And so we have a basic GitHub introduction, and then we have a Power Platform first-time contributor introduction. Uh, and, and we're going to walk anyone who attends 
um, through hands-on contributing and making their first contribution or second or you know maybe they just need some uh, reminders or yeah, they yeah, want to repeat tips. repeating yep. is important yep. yeah because if you only do it every so often you do it just enough to forget sometimes and so when you're getting exactly. ready to make a contribution then you know i'd like some reminders some tips maybe something's changed since the last time i did it um, and we try to keep up to date but they're all safe space. We do not record them. Uh, no one is you know, put on the spot and, and you're able to work with other MVPs or Microsoft employees. Um, and, and it's always a follow-up too. You always have opportunities to follow up. So, uh, you know, it's a really great opportunity. We invite anyone to join or, or reach out if you'd like to, to learn more or you have an idea for a session. We're, we're, we're growing the Sharing is Caring team and we're looking for more sessions. And of course, um, now on my team, I'll be looking to generate a little bit more Power Platform uh, and also where the things mix, right? How can Power Platform and the greater M365 kind of work together? Because we know that those technologies, as we move they forward, overlap are, a lot. Yeah, yeah, a lot of overlapping circles. And, and it's really important and powerful for anybody to know more than just the one thing that they're passionate about and see, well, okay, cool, how can I use Power Automate along with, with SharePoint or uh, you know, any of those other mixtures of technologies? Absolutely, absolutely. Now, now coming back on the on the quickly on the sharing is caring. Uh, it is also, by the way, a great way of getting your first first batch because you are actually contributing. So you're actually yes. then able to sign up for the recognition program, and you will get your first batch, and then move forward from there. So one step at a time, uh, collecting more of them. So which is a great thing to do. Now, coming back on the second thing, uh, which which you kind of touched there, is 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 really important is that we're trying to one of the key points in the community, and I, me and David are really aligned on this and so are all of our BMP team members and, and everything. We're trying to really think through this in a way that it's cross-pollination. Cross-pollination is probably the easiest way to explain that. Rather than trying to think in an isolated way, let's try to figure out, okay, so what if I would use this in here? Oh, there's a new opportunity and then people learn. So not focused on isolated individual thing, but really on the power of the platform. If you think about the, if in the broader spectrum, if you think about the, the opportunities in the Microsoft Cloud, they're just endless. You can combine stuff in, in Microsoft 365, in Microsoft Teams, in Power Platform, then some backend system in Logic Apps, and then an Azure function, and all of that, and you have beautiful, beautiful solution in place. So, yeah. and to be able to understand enough of everything to be able to put the bits and pieces together is really the key rather than being like, no, 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 I don't want to listen to that stuff. I don't want to, I don't want to. So, right. Yeah. Well, it can be overwhelming too, right? I mean, it's like, there's not a, there's not a talk that we have or a session that we lead or anything where we say, okay, who who doesn't feel overwhelmed by the amount of technology? You know, it's yep. like we all are like, uh, yeah, I'm trying to keep <laughs> yes. up with what happened five minutes ago, right? Um, and and so you you kind of have to know a little bit about everything. You can have a passionate area uh, of focus, and that's good. You really should because you want to be really good at something. But having awareness of how all these things can work together, um, and and then also not not feeling like you need to be an expert in all of them. But maybe that's where the power of the community comes in, and and broadening to the you know the wide community, not just. Uh, an individual technology community is okay. Now I've got all these contacts, and and I may not know a lot about list formatting. Maybe I'm focused on Power Platform, and I may not know a lot about list formatting or SPFX. But now I'm part of this greater community. Where we're all here to help one another. I know so and so Hugo knows tons about SPFX, so I can go talk to him or Bo Cameron or um, list formatting. Of course, we we think of Arjun or or uh, you know Chris Kent or someone like that. Or I want to learn more about documentation. Let me go talk to Emily. Or I want to blog. Let me go talk to Louisa. So it's, you know, being part of the greater community gives you a network of people where you you may not know the technology, but you know someone that does know the technology. Like Tracy Vanderschiff always says, I, I don't know everything, but I know someone that does, right? Yeah, and, and that's the power of the community, really. And, and even if you think about that from a persona perspective and highly subjective from a personal perspective, I've never been like focused on networking because I, I I feel that like that intentional networking for the networking sense makes you feel artificial and and it's more on hey so that let me let me let's have a chat on hey how you doing and that's like well I no thank you no that's not really for but then with the community as we're being our individual selves 
you get to know the other people because, hey, after a while, you get to contribute with together, you get to be with together, you present somewhere together, or you build a GitHub sample together, even though you haven't actually met the person in real world. And that's the magical piece of, of the technology. We, we can actually do this anywhere within the world, given that we have a semi-reliable network connectivity uh, in, the, in the internet. That's the only requirement. Um, and then even anybody across the world, by starting contributing in a GitHub, they can be well-known people uh, known by the community uh, across the world, which is a kind of mind-blowing when I think about it, the opportunity is there. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned like uh, contributing together, presenting together with uh, friends that we've never even met in person. And that's that's yeah. live and in living color. We've done that, I, I don't even know how many times now, yeah. um, because another part of sharing is caring is we have the buddy system, which will take someone who's maybe new to presenting or or would like to be supported by someone else in their presentation um, and couple you together with someone else who's a little more experienced with presenting uh, and and then you can work on it together. And whether it means that you're building the sample together or you're building a presentation together um, or a combination thereof. And and we've had that happen now uh, yep. in a number of times. Um, and, and that's pretty cool to see. Uh, and, and to see someone go from just getting kicked off in the community, reaching out, wanting to be part of something, uh, becoming an MVP, uh, and yep. then becoming uh, members of our PNP team are in that same uh, position. So it's really, really been encouraging. Coming and, as an MSFD like you are, so coming yeah. through that whole pipeline. So, so it's 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 really really cool. So it's it's and and it really proves that anything. Well, it, it is just a matter of getting involved and basically saying. Not like you don't need to intentionally say in five years, I will be in five years. What, what are you going to do in five years? I have no idea what I'm going to do tomorrow, to be honest. I've never thought about that stuff. Um, but it's it's more on, well, I feel good about doing this stuff, at least personally. And then I keep on doing something and keep on improving and adding things. And then other people are like, hey, that seems to like be like a nice thing. Let's start doing together and then get stuff rolling. And all of a sudden, you get to be a bit more than you were maybe asking for being so yeah 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 exactly well and and don't you know we have a lot of these formal programs here because we, we know that sometimes just sending a one-on-one -on -one message to ask for help can be a little bit intimidating right like i mean i will be vulnerable here i will say when i first started out sending like a message to vesa or waldick or about anything or patrick about like wanting to present on a call i would craft it and i would read it and be like is there anything that sounds weird there is there anything that's going to make sound insulting or offensive or weird or make me sound stupid right you, you obsess over that stuff because you're worried about how it's going to be perceived um but we want everyone to be involved. If you want to present, if you want to get involved, if, if you want to contribute, we want to help and, and don't be afraid to reach out. So some of these things have been set up in formal ways because it's easier to say, fill out a form, I, I want a buddy. Um, I, I want assistance in learning how to contribute. Then sending a one-on-one -on -one message or a DM that says, could, could you help me? Um, because sometimes that does fall through the cracks. Like you said, we're, we're yep. only human, um, we scale. so. I certainly apologize if, if I've gotten any messages that I've not replied to. <laughs> um, here, but, and I know that those happens. So yeah, unfortunately, uh, it's just inevitable. So yep, it's just, yep. But, uh, but some of these have been set up to make it easier for the community to say, hey, I want to be involved. And then once you start showing that, you've got, like you said, you've, you've got the opportunity. If you want to be an MVP, um, if you want to reach out for more stuff, then it's certainly there and available. Yep. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, from a timing perspective, we're running uh, again, being knowing about the time consumption, but I wanted to actually put you on a spot still. What would be your three tips for anybody who's watching this as I want to be part of the community. I really want to learn how to get started on doing this and, and consuming and contributing uh, in this open source programs, uh, which for sure is beneficial for anybody's career. What would be the three or five tips, whatever you come to mind? On your side. Um, 35 tips. There'll be no, I'm just 35, yes. As you it said, right? 35, book, so. 30, <laughs> three to five. I'll, I'll go with three. I'll go with three. Um, one is ask for help, right? Now, I understand that we just mentioned that sometimes that can be hard, um, but we have some formal processes in place for you to ask for help or, again, just reach out and ask for help. Um, but don't be afraid to ask for help because everyone in the community wants, wants to help. And even if it's just, I need like, 
five or 10 minutes to kind of get some guidance. Um, so, so definitely make it known that you want to, you want to contribute, uh, and, and don't be afraid to say, I'd like to contribute in this area. Um, do you have any advice, any guidance, um, or could we do something together? Um, number two, I would say, don't be afraid to collaborate. So Vesa had mentioned that earlier. Um, I think it does uh, wonderful things. It, it allows you to get to know your community better. Uh, and then you're going to learn something about maybe a technology you didn't know. Uh, that assists you, um, and you're going to make a friend in the community. And I can't tell you how many times, even just this last week, there were some folks in the community that I met for the first time, but we have collaborated online for for now a couple years during COVID and all that. And it was a, really awesome to be able to meet them in person and be like, wow, this is amazing. I we, First time we're meeting, but we already have this established relationship because of the collaboration that was being done. So don't be afraid to ask someone to work with you to co-present or um, to work on a sample together. And it may take longer because logistics, right, in different yep. areas of the world and it, coordinating time and all that. But the end result would be worth it. Um, and then number three, sign up for our recognition program. <laughs> really passionate about that, as you can tell, uh, because it's such a wonderful way to be recognized, to be celebrated uh, for all of anyone in the community. Um, and, and we want that really to be uh, something that's real and ongoing and, and, you know, persistent for as long as we can sustain it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and we're committed on, on bringing new batches in, keeping the existing batches up to date. They're really based. So basically, the batches will expire by end of this year. No, well, not really, but you'll have that batch for this year, but then uh, you will get another one for the following year uh, because that's, again, it, it shows commitment when people are contributing numerous times and being part of the community, not just a for the one-time recognition, but rather consistently, consistently being involved, which is a super key as well. So Exactly, absolutely. Good. I guess from a timing perspective, it's better to close up. We can go, of course, <laughs> go on this topic for many, many times, good. <laughs> like we do in it multiple times in a week anyway. But um, this is uh, good for closing up on the on the podcast and the, and the recording. Thank you, David, uh, for your consistent years and years worth of commitment uh, on the behalf of the community and getting involved and, and actually helping the, the the PMP community to grow even more. So helping with the sharing is caring initiatives and all of that to be even bigger and more welcoming, which is really the key for the new new audiences and new people. Well, new audiences sounds super official. New community members, because that's what we want. We want to help people. Uh, and that's where all of this is coming from. Um, and we do, by the way, acknowledge that not everybody wants to be involved. They have a limited time of their usage. They want to prioritize their business and family as like you should be, family always first. But for those who want to be involved and contribute, well, we want to make it as easy as possible to get involved. And you've been fundamental of, of making that step uh, forward, David. So thank you for that. Well, thank you. I mean, I, I think one, it's a team effort. It's, you know, as we always talk about, we need to scale and that wouldn't be possible without all the rest of the amazing contributors in the community and members of the PNP team, yourself and uh, all the others that are just amazing. Um, and uh, you know, it's it's a team effort, so really, uh, really appreciate it. And thank you for giving me as well as everyone else the opportunity to do that, which I think is really empowering. I don't understand why why I'm the one who's giving these permissions, but <laughs> it's it's all the people who are involved. Um, and exactly. of course, we are always looking to grow also our PMP team. We're always looking for new MVPs in the Microsoft side of the house and, and the open source community contribution is the easiest way to get involved and, and really to be recognized by Microsoft as an MVP and also by the community. So the peers in the community recognizing what you actually contributed, which is super cool as well. But I guess that's it, David. Thank you for the kind words. And, and we'll jump on the weekly articles with Waldeck. And, and it's, it's a bit weird. We're going to do the intro with Waldeck. Then we're going to jump on this interview with you without Waldeck. And then Waldeck is back. But <laughs> that's how it works from this time. <laughs> but thanks, David. And, and congratulations uh, for you. joining Microsoft as well. Thanks. Thanks for having me on the show today. Not a problem. Thank you. Cheers. And welcome back, uh, Waldeck. So how was the, how was the interview? 
Oh, you didn't. Ah, you were not there. I know. Now um, it was it was the best interview ever, and yeah. David is awesome <laughs> guest as always. Well, that's true. That is true. There's no doubt for that. Uh, so, <laughs> thank you, David, for joining us, and thank you for all the awesome stuff that you do uh, as part of our community and work. And you've been really, really, really fundamental uh, person on growing the mental mindset of sharing and, and really showing uh, the value of the community for others. Um, so, of course, we need different kind of people. There's people who contribute with samples, people who contribute with documentation, the people who contribute with demos, and then we need, need those people who are coordinating and helping all of that to happen and being still and focusing on the diverse and inclusiveness and making the community be welcoming for everybody, which is really, really cool. So thank you, David. You are one of the showcase persons doing that in the right way worldwide. So thank you for that. Cool. Let's actually then jump on the on the article side. Uh, it was a pretty slow week. So it is, it is. And we're we're trying to to understand why, what is going on. And there are a few events that are taking place as we record this. So there is the uh, Microsoft 365 conference in Vegas. There is the yep. European Power Platform Power conference, and yep. maybe there are some other events as well. But that yep. means that people are traveling, attending, or just busy doing work. But that, when you think, when you're saying that out loud, it's actually pretty crazy to say it. So people are now this week. People are staying in multiple locations in person. Conferences. Nah, They're coming that, back. That, that cannot be the case. <laughs> that cannot be the case. I don't believe it. Yes. Big sort didn't happen. No, actually, we saw the pictures in social media. Ah. It did happen. <laughs> yes. And then at the same time, uh, having the, uh, the per, at least personal a bit of FOMO because not being there. And, and of course, I had the opportunity of going to Las Vegas as well. And I said, no, because I don't want to sit in the plane for 15 hours. Exactly. So It's exactly that. Like, it's nice to be there for an hour or for a few hours, but going there, travel... Yes. Uh, and then being there the whole day, I don't yeah. know. Anyway, let's talk about all of that. Yes. We're a bit de derailing on the, on the subject. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? So uh, David Russell, uh, who is a senior program manager, um, had a new blog post in the Microsoft 365 platform blog uh, related on from zero to hero, connecting web app to Microsoft Teams using Azure communication services. Waldeck, what is this all about? This, this ties very much into the notion of like, in the past, we talked a lot about, imagine you build your LOB app, you want to bring that app to Teams so that you show, or your app or your LOB data shows it within the context of people's work. But there's also this other way to bring productivity of Microsoft 365 into your apps, because just as much as Teams, Outlook, and Office are places where people work, they also work in LOB apps. So why should collaboration be exclusive to Teams? Why shouldn't that be an option within your app? So imagine that in your app, you build an app. And I guess typical um, scenarios that we see around that are things like finance advisory or healthcare, where you want to have a call with an advisor about your mortgage or your health with a doctor. You know, like Imagine that you want to have that ability in your app. Well, you can spend millions and try to build, you know, the right abilities to have video calling and chat in your app. But yep. why? Why not integrate whatever is available to you? And that is exactly what Azure Communication Services, ACS for short, offer, right? Yep. So they're offered the ability to bring teams, actually these abilities to call to have the chance for, into your apps yep. without you having to build that by yourself. It's the, the same, of course, it's the same backend in the end. It's just a, a um, the backend and functionalities and services are as reliable and working as reliably and, and the scale is there uh, anyway, one, but it's, it's a different way of accessing the functionalities and services in Microsoft Teams. Really, really cool stuff. Um, and this is a, a really good, uh, also because a good blog post, because it actually starts from getting started, the basics. How would I actually, not focusing on the Uber scenarios, which yes, we need to have that inspiration, but also we need to have the basics of, of actually showing what are the baseline, what to do to get started on making things happen. Uh, so that then you can catch up, understand, okay, now I know the baseline. Okay, let's start now adding additional stuff on top of it. So really, really cool stuff and multiple uh, videos uh, from David on the, on the topic. So thank you, David, on that. Really, really great stuff on this. And a super interesting functionality for sure. 
Now, we also had this blog post uh, related on announcing new Microsoft 365 unified sample gallery with more than 1,000 samples, which is really, really, really cool. So hey, this Mark. is something that we've been, <laughs> what we've been <laughs> working for quite a long time, actually. So all, all of this starts from the perspective of we used to have a lot of samples in a GitHub, but then there's this, the feedback was, well, it's great to have a lot of samples in GitHub, but how would I actually find the specific sample to get started? And samples are really, really, really great to really show the art of possible and get inspired and, oh, I oh I can do this kind of things in Microsoft 365. That's really cool. But how would I find the one which is relevant for me, for my business case and for my use case? So we then created this model where all of the different specific samples had a isolated sample galleries. But then there's the challenge of, well, okay, but quite often you have a sample which is actually using multiple things. So it's it's an ACE, it's a Teams or whatever. And also the isolated sample galleries promote the isolation of services and products, which is not the case. Uh, it is the same baseline across all of the services. It's, it's, it's the stack of Microsoft 365, not isolated individual product. So what we wanted to do then is to have a one centralized location to actually surface all of those samples. Um, and this is the first version out of it. We will keep on evolving that. Uh, but what's really, really cool is that we have already numerous uh, products filtering uh, available, uh, and you can also deep dive in the individual views of the personas. So you can actually see as a community member, you can go and see, oh, these are all of the samples with the community member or community member has, has contributed. So, and we also talked about how to get the samples in a gallery. One thing what I wanted to actually call out uh, here is that we're getting every now and then question on why do we want to have the sample inside of your organization or inside of the Microsoft 365 uh, platform community organization. And this is actually for PR and continuity reasons. Um, so as if the sample is in a separate GitHub organization or your persona sample thing, um, which is great way of sharing sharing uh, samples for sure. We do not know the life cycle of that sample. So we cannot guarantee that it will work. We cannot guarantee uh, that the, the uh, that it will be there within tomorrow because anytime the person can actually delete the repo. So that's why we're looking into getting the samples in a centralized location. We can test them out, we can validate them. Uh, we, we know when there's, uh, there's changes and updates and nobody can do any nice tricks on changing the picture to be something offensive or whatever, because those things have happened in an alternative approaches. So that's the clarity on here and why we're doing that. Now, let me actually show this quickly uh, because we don't have that many uh, topics to cover today. I had it already open, see? Yeah. Too fast. So um, we can access the samples uh, from the front page. Uh, we can filter the samples based on the product. We're adding all the time new samples across the, the GitHub. So this is just the start, uh, but it, it is a quite decent start with 1,053 samples. So it's actually pretty decent cool. start. <laughs> <laughs> you can always improve. Um, but as an example, if I would be looking for Microsoft Teams meeting application uh, samples, I would do something like meeting and Microsoft Teams and poof, uh, it filters down on 10 sample. And then I can actually start looking at those individual samples. So now I then can go, for example, Marcus Muller has been doing absolutely great, 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 great uh, samples uh, on, the, on the Microsoft Teams meeting app side of the house. So I can go and have a look on the individual sample. And I can also go and have a look on uh, the different samples, what Marcus has done. So first of all, on the individual sample level, uh, I can have a look on what it is. The description here is pretty short, uh, but what it is, have a look on the picture. If there's multiple pictures or videos, I can see them in here. If I decide to actually have a closer look, I can go to the GitHub, I can download it from GitHub if needed, or I can also go to the individual view of the contributor. And this is actually a really cool feature uh, because then this means that I can have a look on the, all of the samples what Marcus or anybody else from the community has contributed. And all of this is deep linking as well. It's just really, really cool. So there's a link which you can share and say, these are the community samples what we've been contributing for the community. Really, really cool stuff. And the information what we're saying here is all coming from the GitHub as well. So it's not saved or stored anywhere within our site. You're happy with this Waldeck? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because if there's if there's one thing that we hear a lot is that or we actually hear two things. All right, that samples are really important to show what's what's possible on 365. Right? And then basically like a picture says a thousand words, I think sample says two thousand 
you know, yeah. because you can actually see things in action. It's not just an image. You can see how things work. And that helps so much everybody to uh, imagine what they could do and how they could work in their their environment. Because often a sample, you can run it in your own environment with the data that's relevant to you. And with that is that that one step closer to understand how it would th- that would work and what the benefit would be for you, yeah. right? And then another thing that we hear a lot is that it's hard to find samples. It's hard, it's hard to find things that I need, right? Like, because oftentimes you are being asked to showcase X, a feature, an area, ability, and so forth and so on. And to be able to have that sample right on time when you need that, it's hard. It's also hard to, like, if if you look here, like, we have over 1,000 samples, like, so new samples are being shared every day. And it's hard to stay on top of, of all of them, right? So yep. having a single place across all of Microsoft 365 where you can find latest samples shared by everybody else is brilliant because it's just a single place. You don't need to scatter the, all of the internet, all of GitHub, all different repos. You just have one place and you can filter and find the things you, you need directly from here within minutes or even yep. uh, less. Yeah, this is really, really cool. Um, and we're looking into improving this as well. So we, we have a vision related on more specific metadata filtering. So is the sample coming from Microsoft? Is it coming from community? Or is it using this graph API? And you're able to kind of filter down on that particular sample, what you're looking for. Um, but we wanted to release the first version before that improved uh, filtering mechanism is available. All of that is, is in the roadmap and, and in plans um, to make it easier. But feedback, welcome. Uh, so please let us know um, how do you like it and, and how can we improve this. So really, really cool stuff. So cool. And thank you for all of the contributors who've been involved on contributing the samples. And also some of you have been involved on, on actually creating and uh, creating content and the structure of what we are using behind of the scenes for the whole automation. So really, really cool stuff. Thank you for that. Now, Yarpas Horst had a plot post related on Craft API News, API for managing shared channel now available in Microsoft Craft. What is a shared channel? What, is a, what does this mean? It is a channel you can share with external users, right? So we have this ability now to invite externals and share a channel with them as opposed to only have a channel for folks uh, within the same org. Absolutely, really, really cool stuff. So, um, and it's great to see the every single week there's new APIs in the Microsoft Graph across the whole stack, like it should be. It is the one gateway for all of the information in the Microsoft 365. So, really, really great to see the the steps going forward. Now, this one's interesting from last week as well from Prasham Sabardra. Microsoft 365 SPFX or React App error property does not exist read-only while accessing state properties. So a, a good kind of a, a helper blog post again uh, related on when you're using a specific set of controls or a specific set of things, how do I actually solve uh, the issue? So these are really, really worth of gold. So thank you uh, for sharing um, and how to resolve the issue. So the more and more we get, this is actually in, in a while back in history, like 10 years ago, people used to block more about these findings, right? Yeah. And I guess may, maybe by now we logged already all the errors you can get. All of can the find. <laughs> That's true. Maybe unexpected all of the errors. Error. Uh, <laughs> I, there is an article about that. Is it the unexpected errors? You're, you have, I don't know, but there's probably an article about unexpected error. Uh, something also what we started this week uh, is a new Getting Started series, uh, which is a, a series of videos targeting on getting started uh, across the Microsoft 365. So we only have now four videos uh, released, and this is a daily series, a new series, uh, where we use MVPs and Cloud Advocates, Microsoft employees, to, to create this kind of a targeted five-minute videos. But as I'm watching <laughs> as I'm watching here, that's 6.15, 6.46. This is but the new a five. short. It's a six to a five, yes. <laughs> but really kind of focusing on a specific topic and how to make things happen. So, um, and getting familiar with things. And what we're trying to do with this is, is really help on the new audience and new people uh, who are arriving to the community. We are getting more and more people driving to Microsoft 365 all the time to have an easy starting point. I need to do X and Y and Z. Hey, hey, there's a video for it. Awesome. I can just make it happen. Um, so we're looking into doing this as said on a, as a daily series. There's going to be a new video on a, every single day 
across the different areas of Microsoft 365 and tooling and SDKs and UX and all of that stuff. So we have now, I think we have Q4, like three weeks now, and then we're generating more videos every single day. So Cool. That is really cool. Super helpful, for sure. And again, feedback welcome. And, and if there's any topic ideas which we should be focusing, let us know. Um, those are really, really valuable uh, for us to know as well. Now, Paolo Pialorsi uh, had 200 episode on his PSS Tech Bytes, uh, which is really, really, really cool. Um, and this one uh, was around site-selected application permission for Microsoft Crash and SharePoint APIs. So basically, how does the site-selected works? What does it actually mean? And site-selected permission gives you the option of targeting application to have access in Azure AD, through Azure AD to a specific site collection of sites. So yes, rather than the whole tenant, which has been a bit of a challenge in the past. So. Bit of a challenge. A <laughs> bit of a ch <laughs> so we're getting there, uh, getting better and better. So thank you, Paula, on that really great eight minutes uh, to spend as well. Now, we also had a new video from Shane uh, Young. Uh, he keeps on releasing new videos, new great videos every single week, which is awesome, really, really cool stuff. Um, and this focuses on, on, on the same series as last week related on responsiveness in the Power Apps, but now focusing on the header and footer components and debugging. So thank you, Shane, for that. And these videos are getting huge, huge amount of views, and they're so beneficial for the large and growing audience of Power, uh, Power Platform on, on especially Power Apps on getting started on things. So thank you, Shane, on that. And then the last uh, video, oh, we, we were supposed to do. You can do all of them. You. I'm I'm enjoying the <laughs> show. I have my drink popcorn here. Like I'm I'm just enjoying the show. Like, yeah, I, wow. I, I let you talk. It's okay. It's okay. You know, I'm a typical Finn. Finns don't talk. <laughs> Your yes, turn. you actually never do. You're so quiet. It's like at yes. times it's like, that's, are, you, are you still there? So anyway. on that note, you might you want me to intro, of course. Mm -hmm. So we have also a new video from one of our MVPs, Giuliano De Luca, about how you can target content in SharePoint with dynamic groups. And the idea is that with targeting, you can ensure that the right group of people will see the content that they need. Dynamic group gives you this additional ability that you don't need to manage who belongs to which group. Because in a scale of a big, big org, like that is a lot of work. So you have the ability to create rules like people with specific job title or office location, geography, function, and whatever can belong to a group. And based on that, you can target the content that you create to, to be shown to them. But that's a really good example of a how do you define a dynamic group. So if a user type is, for example, guest, um, then that defines the user to be part of that group. So you can use this attributes in the Azure AD to dynamically then resolve person to be in a group rather than somebody, again, manually updating the distribution lists or groups or whatever like we used to do yes. back in the times, and that was horrible. So ah, evolution in the technologies here. So cool. What's what's uh, what else is happening? What's happening on your side? What else is happening? Um, I had prepped all of that upfront because I knew you would ask, and I forgot about it. <laughs> That's, That's really good. So. Uh, no, so we are as I think we mentioned that already earlier in the previous episode that we're in the early stage of getting feedback for the uh, PLC that we run around um, Angular, right? So how can we yeah. help Angular devs to build apps for Teams? We have something that we shared with a few folks to get early feedback before we share to a bigger group just to ensure that we didn't miss anything big in there. Yeah. Uh, so you should be seeing and hearing us talk more and more and more about it. We released a uh, new command for CLI for Antrix 5 that allows you to validate your SharePoint framework projects. We talked about that too, but just in case you missed the recording, here's a recap, <laughs> right? Yes. Um, other than that, what's coming? Um, oh yeah, that that is it. So by the time you watch the recording, or maybe you've already seen that, on the next platform call, which will be on April the 12th, yep. I believe, yep. we're going that to show true. a cool demo, a cool sample that you might have seen and you might recall from Ignite 2021, 
we showed a short demo um, around well-being and how can you use tools within Microsoft 365 to build solution that allows companies communicate to their employees the well-being perks that they they offer, right? So we show, showed a sample of that, but it was just a part of the demo during Ignite. Well, now short, that's like two minutes, sam- so. exactly. So now the cool thing is, drumroll, that sample will be available to all of you to run in your tenants. And we work together with one of our MVPs, it's secret with whom, so you will see all of that on the next platform call on April the 12th. So we will talk about that, we will talk about the background, but also we will do a demo, how it works, what pieces it has, how it's built, we'll show code, right? So you will be able to see all of that in action and then actually grab sample and use it in your own environment. So stay tuned for that. Um, Anything else, anything else? And we have the usual rhythm of things where we, keep building, evolving CLI for Microsoft 365 with new features and improvements. We keep getting new, more and more pull requests, which is really awesome to see. Like at yep. times it also feels like it comes and goes very much in waves. These are just ways where we get a lot of attention. People are really awesome to help with things. And it's really great because it, it shows like, wow, there's a lot of work for us to review, merge and approve and release yep. because these are all improvements that will help in the end everybody. So it's really cool to see we're working on that. Um, and then in parallel, we're preparing. Yes, we're also doing a lot of work with another group of M- of MVPs for an event for uh, Microsoft Tech Days, which will be available May. online. Sorry. On 5th of May. Yes. May the 5th, uh, there will be an online event, two hours event where you will see live a cool solution, uh, again, built on Microsoft 365. So scenario, solution, I think we have a link uh, to an announcement article uh, about that and detail the reg page and all that. So we would definitely, definitely highly recommend that, that you join because it's just two hours of your time. We will show code. And it's something that you can apply to your work directly, right? So it's not, you know, like high level overviews. Maybe, yeah. Exactly. These are practical things that you can benefit from today already. So we would highly, highly, highly recommend that you join us on May the 5th and see what you can pick up for your work. Yep. Yeah. What about you, Vesa? Uh, build pre- preparations are starting, so and that's one of the reasons, most likely, why, why it was a slow week from exercise side. Uh, on top of the, the big conferences, of course, so people are focusing on build, 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 build. Is on twentieth of May, if I remember correctly. Uh, I might be wrong on that. Uh, I, I know that in Andrew that are, week, are it is in, in around. That week. That yeah. week, yeah. But of course, as it's a remote conference, uh, we need to get the video recordings, all of that in the place, and and all on-demand sessions in place, and all of that. So, the storylines and demos and all of that has to be locked pretty soon. Um, yeah. And then uh, SPFX 1.15 next preview was supposed to come this week. Unfortunately, it didn't. I did a live demo on that on Tuesday, uh, but we found as part of my validation on for the demo, we found a few things, and then we need to. And test those so that it provides additional value as we're pushing it out. So, so that should be good. Um, but already, if you watch on the the recording from fifth of April, uh, there is a fifteen to twenty fifteen minutes on the on the how you do extensibility on lists with SPFX, which is actually really cool. So overriding that, the whole. You mean experience. forms? The list forms. The forms, list forms. Yes. yes. Yes, new component type. So, and that's something people what we've ask, been requested ask, for. Ask for that, yeah. Lot. Only, only for a few weeks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's that's for sure. And then, of course, a lot of, lot of, lot of other stuff. Getting ready for the build. Um, but there's going to be a lot of products and services going to go GA in build, and as part of those GA announcements. So now we're doing validation with the different tools across the world, making sure that uh, everything is working properly, and which is always cool. So, but it's it's also one of the one of the most frustrating things which I remember before moving to engineering was that I was one of the persons who were always testing the chip on 2010, chip on 2013, uh, created the training materials, mm-hmm. you know, ignite or or ex- ex- excitement and the presentations and videos and all of that, and and we got a new build every single night pretty much, and then you install the build and you never know is it you or is it the software which is broken, which is it is so annoying so because there's always just like yeah but i want to have a preview access on things 
do you really do you really want to have a preview access on things because you do not know is the mistake on your code is it mistake in the service is it mistake well, in the service well i mean back then installing sharepoint wasn't trivial because like you had to head off Whole yeah, it, it took like with yeah, yeah, servers, yeah, yeah. with things, hours and hours of time. You get it so installed, many, and yeah. then it doesn't and work. Tomorrow, and you guess no what? You will have another exactly. build. <laughs> exactly. What? So, so the even the that's always the kind of a, one of the learnings is that yes, it's so cool to get access on previous stuff, but do you really want to get access on the previous stuff because the previous stuff doesn't necessarily work? So yeah. So and yeah. now it's it's we're now validating and testing, validating, testing. Uh, build this in end of May and then shipping stuff to GA. We can still do final validations at this point, and and it's a bit rough on the edges, but it's always so. It's but fine. I mean, like that, that, that is part, part of, of the game. Early, early access, right? I mean, it's yes, just exactly. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Anyway, I guess that's it for this week. Thank you, Waldeck. Thank you, David, one more time. Uh, awesome to have you and congratulations one more time. We've been saying this countless of times. I was joining on Microsoft, so really, really great uh, to have you as a colleague um, and continuing, of course, our partnership now on this side, so, which is really, really cool. So thank you for that. Thank you, that, thank you, Waldeck. Thank you, Vesa. <laughs> that sounded really bad. <laughs> <laughs> What, what are you saying? <laughs> anyway, thanks everybody. We'll be back within a week uh, with the new PMP Weekly episode. Have a great week. We'll be in touch. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.